Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Girl Next Door podcast. Happy Wednesday, if it's Wednesday, on the day that you are listening to this. Otherwise, happy whatever other day it might be. Um, My name's Renee and I'm so glad that you have joined me, especially if it's your very first time. Welcome to the Girl Next Door tribe. Um, Make sure you come and say hi to me on social media too. I love all of the inboxes that I get. It's amazing. So today is the beginning of a brand new collection, and perhaps that's why you're here uh, listening, because just the title alone, I think, has um, gathered a lot of interest, but this is a new collection called The Sexual Gospel, two words that sound very interesting together. Um, I want you to definitely come back next week in the following weeks when I have got a friend of mine, Nikki, who is going to be coming and sharing all about what we're talking about with the sexual gospel. But today I wanted to start with um, episode one on why sexualized posting is harmful. And I don't think I really have to explain what I mean by sexualized posting. I'm sure that you get it. You know, any kind of posting where girls aren't wearing many clothes or they're in their bikini or, you know, they're showing more more skin than not, um, the way that they pose, um, you know, anything that could be considered sexualized. Um, I'm even talking, you know, selfies, especially in things like bathrooms where they're not really wearing many clothes or they're in their underwear, all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to start here because this is a topic that I've really wanted to talk about for a while and I think it is really important to talk about it and put it in this context since we're about to head down the rabbit hole of the sexual gospel. Um, Over the last couple of weeks, I've done a few podcasts about um, being a lady and being a gentleman and I did go there very briefly about the way that we dress on social media And I put up a couple of brand new reels, um, which I haven't, you know, I've only been doing the last three or four weeks. And I found it really interesting how some girls reacted. And now when I say some, it's minimal, but how some girls reacted in quite an aggressive way. And I thought, wow, here's a very interesting point. Here proves my point right from the start that people say things and they don't actually think about what they're saying because they were, you know, saying things or making comments that were typical of people who have brought into a feminist or bought into a feminist narrative without thinking about what they're saying. So, you know, the whole my body, my rights, respect is my birthright and how dare you judge, less judge, more love. But if only they're actually thinking about what they're saying because sexualized posting on social media, as I'm going to unpack today, has such a harmful impact upon our girls that if these girls really understood that, they never would have written such aggressive, rude comments on social media, which by the way, I always say not to do. It proves my point right there. Don't be the person that does that. People can see, you know, that when you comment like that, and it, it actually says more about you than 
the person that you're commenting to. So I put up one about a lady showing more ladylike respectful behavior. And then the next week I put one up about the the gentleman, about the guys being more gentlemanly. And interesting, you know, the girls jumped on and had lots of opinion about the girls and how, um, you know, we can say what we want and do what we want and wear what we want. But when I put up the one about how guys should be gentlemen, crickets, So we've got two completely different standards going on here. Some girls are holding one standard for themselves. And when I put that exact same standard over the guys, they're like, yeah, that's right. The guy should act like that. So it's like, hang on a second, girls. So you can do what you want and say what you want. And it's your right to be respected. It's your birthright. But the guys, on the other hand, oh, yeah, they, they have to show respect by doing this, this and that. That's exactly right. So I find it really interesting. And it is because I do love young girls that I am saying something. It is because I do love young people that I'm putting myself out there and I'm putting these reels out there that, yes, are very different to the world's standards. But when I look at the fruit of what we're doing on social media and how it's harming our young girls, I cannot help but say something. And so I want to unpack it today because, as you know, this is a leadership podcast. So I want to put some tools in your belt so that you are aware of not only Um, you know, how you can um, act and behave, uh, particularly on social media, but why, why we should be role models and how to teach our younger girls. So I'm going to kind of divide this into two kind of sections. We're going to look at the mental health impact of sexualized posting, and then we're going to look at um, how to actually teach what it's doing to teach or not teach ourselves respect and self-respect. So mental health, and then we're going to look at self-respect. So let's, let's begin with mental health. You might even want to take notes about this. Um, and can I just say that if we understood the full impact, we would, I think, really think twice before we posted these kinds of posts ourselves, let alone commented on a reel like the one that I put up. So it is honestly definitely girls' mental health that's impacted more than the guys and particularly younger girls. Now, I've done a lot of research on this and I've read a couple of books. And so some of what I'm going to say will come out of that. But it is the younger girls who are impacted the most negatively by what is posted on social media. And it's girls more than guys. Um, And so if we think about girls around the age 11, 12, 13, they're impacted more negatively than say an 18 or 19 year old young lady, because these are the years that they're looking for more social acceptance. They're more aware. They care more about what other people think and what other people are doing and their identities are forming as well. So you can ask any psychologist and they will tell you that posting explicit images of yourself has to do with either exhibitionism or a lack of self-esteem. So it shows that you're looking whichever way for whatever the reason is, whether it's exhibitionism. That, that word gets me, exhibitionism or lack of self-esteem, it shows that you're looking for validation and it's quicker to seek validation this way than through the longer method, which is actually achieving something in your life. It's a very quick fix 
to put up a photo and to get lots of people comment and like and say, oh, babe, you're so hot. You're so amazing. That's a quick validation as opposed to actually achieving something in your life. So it's actually driven by low self-esteem. Now you can look this up yourself. There is article after article, research after research, study after study, which tells us that when we are constantly posting ourselves and explicit photos of ourself, um, which we then, um, you know, are seeking likes and comments and follows, that this is really tied to low self-esteem. And how can it possibly bring happiness to be the object of sexual desire of a stranger? That is why I struggle when these girls jump on and tell me they've got a right to wear whatever they want. I'm like, really? It is not going to bring you happiness to become the object of sexual desire of a stranger. And But then, of course, they'll say, well, that's not my fault if someone objectifies me. Well, don't put the photo out there to begin with. So there was a health and fitness blogger called Sophie Gray, whose feed used to be full of pictures of herself working out, showing off her abs in a bikini. And a few years ago, she completely changed up her social media. You won't find any pics like this because she decided to stop. And she said in her posts that even though she looked super happy and super healthy, any post that you could pick out that on that particular day where she looked so healthy and happy, her boyfriend would have told you a completely different story. He would have told you a story of panic attacks and anxiety and what was really going on behind the posts. She would spend hours scrolling through other people's feeds, wishing that she was thinner or she had longer hair, you know, wider teeth, a wider gap between her thighs. Um, She also pointed to a recent study that found that Instagram was the most harmful social media platform for young people's mental health. And that is why for me, it is not good enough to just go post what you want, do what you want. It's your right. Because we have to think about the impact that it is having on the individual people behind the screen behind the Instagram account. And this girl, Sophie, realized that her posts certainly weren't making herself feel better. And she realized, well, they sure as heck mustn't be helping anyone else feel better either. So she stopped posting even the ones that just showed like a bare midsection. And she said that I know other people's self-confidence is not my responsibility, but I also know what it's like to feel awful. And that's why she stopped. So we need to ask ourselves some really honest questions. Are we posting because we feel left out? I read an article the other day where a girl said that she had mixed feelings about even just posting selfies. Um, She said that she felt some kind of strange pressure to post pictures um, of her own face every so often. And yet every fiber of her being when she would do that would scream at her, but my friends know what my face looks like and and my face isn't news. And to be honest, if you go on my social media, I very rarely put pictures up um, of myself. I never put them up of myself on my own, let alone even, you know, it's very rare I put one up with someone else because I feel like that too. I'm like the people that really count in my life, they know what my face looks like. It just feels like a brag to me and I can't bring myself to do it. 
Um, but then on the other token, I know too that there are strangers that hop on that are interested in what you look like. I know I'll listen to a good podcast and then I'm like, oh, I want to see the face behind the voice. And, and I get that too. But I think we need to um, think about why are we posting something? And if the reason is to make ourselves feel better, then we need to think twice about that. So with this particular girl that I'm talking about, you know, she said that all of her friends would be posting nice pics. And so she would think, well, I, I look nice in my pics as well. And she would feel this urge to join the pretty party. I thought that was awesome that she used the word pretty party. It's like you're going to feel left out if you don't start posting. But then she said that come summer, her feed is full of bums and tums and legs and she can't compete, but she feels as though she ought to be trying. So I guess some people would say, well, you know, I post these pictures because I'm just learning to feel comfortable in my own body or I feel comfortable in my own body so I can post whatever I like. But if we're trying to prove that we are comfortable in our own body, then I would still question that posting it to social media is still seeking some kind of reaction, which means that the image is no longer, for me, it is seeking validation. If you are comfortable in your own body, I don't think you really need to post at all. It's like, I actually read an article about this today. I, I wish that I'd kept it, but um, some of my good friends say the same thing. My mother-in-law's all, always told me the same. She goes, the people that are in truly good relationships don't post about it all the time. And the ones that post all the time usually are the ones with the issues, like the relationship issues. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty pretty true. I think even with this, the people that are truly comfortable just don't feel the need to post all the time. And I think all of the girls would agree. And even I think there'll be a lot of guys that agree with this as well, that we do have a very complicated relationship with our bodies. And it's not just girls now, it's the guys too feeling the pressure uh, to be at the gym and to, you know, look a certain way. We can spend our lives trying to work out how to accept ourselves and feel good. And then one Instagram picture of someone else in their bikini literally can draw, can destroy it all in a second because we do compare ourselves. So here's a little bit of practical advice. Unfollow accounts that are not positive for you, that don't inspire you, that encourage the sexualization of women, or even just accounts that make you compare yourself or that cause you to feel jealous or not good enough and fill your feed with things that make you feel good. For, follow. I know for me, I follow a whole heap of things that I love. Anything that kind of annoys me or triggers me, I just unfollow because it's my Instagram account. I do it for me, not for other people. There is an amazing book um, and it's called iGen and then there's a really long subtitle, but it's by a lady called Jean Twenge. I think that's how you say your name. Um, and she did a lot of in-depth research around social media use and mental health. And I read her book about a year ago and I took stacks and stacks of notes. So according to her, eighth graders who use social media regularly are 27% at a greater risk of depression. So that is talking our 12 and 13 year olds, a 20 7% greater risk of depression if they use social media regularly to heavily. Another interesting thing that she says is that those who play sport, go to religious services, or even do homework cut their risk significantly. 
In other words, the more we're off of social media, the better our mental health. Also, according to Twenge, um, she says that the most severe, we're on the verge of the most severe mental health crisis for young people in decades. And although the research is still being done, how interesting that the rate of mental health issues has increased along with the increased rate of social media usage. So the conclusion is starting to be made that there is a connection between our social media usage and our mental health. Now, electronic communication is clearly linked to poor mental health, whereas interacting in person is linked to good mental health. There's another book, which I love because it's written by an Australian author called Claire Madden, and it's called Hello Gen Z, another book I've read a couple of years ago. We also study this in the Youth Alive Academy. I've taken heaps of notes. And she again says that young people closely link their social media with their sense of self-identity and well-being. She also says that during their formative years, so again, we're talking like 11, 12, 13-year-olds, their hunger for social acceptance is a major driving force for their engagement on social media platforms. Now, according to Madden, this desire for affirmation can become so strong that it causes them to engage in unhealthy emotional behaviors to gain more attention, such as posting in their underwear or expressing emotional issues. Now think about that. Uh, if a girl posts a picture of the beach, she might get, I don't know, let's just say 20 likes and two or three comments. But if she posts a picture of herself or her, an explicit photo of herself, you know, in her underwear or in a bikini, well, she's going to get way more likes and way more comments, people telling her how amazing she is. So now if a driving force for their engagement is um, because they want to feel good about themselves, then what are they going to post? It's not going to be the beach scene. It's going to be the one where they get the validation because being validated is a driving force in young girls' formative years. The pressure of getting certain number of likes to achieve self-worth is such an unhealthy path and an unstable foundation for our young girls to build their identity from. So again, you can jump on and bollock me all you like for standing up for our girls. But when you know these, um, the word stat sounds terrible, but when you know this impact that it is having on our young girls that are looking at this, then I think we need to take way more responsibility. So in this book also, Hello Gen Z, I encourage you to go get it. A very articulate young woman said that young people are, and this is from her perspective, they're mentally unstable, emotionally broken, spiritually vacant, physically torn, and still pretending all is picture perfect. So what we've got happening is social media is interrupting identity formation. So who they think they are and the value that they place on themselves. So let me say this really clearly. Posting selfies does not correlate to an overall increase in positive mental health and well-being. Okay, just let that sink in for a minute. Posting selfies, let alone explicit selfies, does not correlate to over an overall increase. In other words, it doesn't give an overall increase in positive mental health and well-being. And the pressure for social acceptance 
drives many young girls to post revealing photos of themselves in positions that are similar to their famous role models. And again, that comes out of this book from Claire Madden. Hello, Gen Z. Here's another one. Young people who have a clear belief system and participate regularly in spiritual activities are less likely to engage in detrimental behavior. So this is just where I want to end that part on mental health by telling you, the leader who is listening to this, that if you can get young people to engage in other activity other than social media, and particularly participating in regular spiritual activities time and time again, that is shown to have such a positive impact on the well-being of our young people and young people who have got a clear belief system. So when I put out there, you know, comments or reels about teaching our girls to be ladies and our guys to be gentlemen, what am I doing? I'm trying to teach a young generation to have a clear belief system because when you've got a clear and healthy belief system, it protects you. It protects you from engaging in behavior that is detrimental to you as a person, such as Um, you know, putting explicit content on social media. So ask yourself, why am I posting this? And who am I posting this for? And it takes a really mature young person to be able to answer those questions really honestly. And of course, I haven't even touched on the cyber safety aspect. This is moving out of the mental health. Um, And before I talk about teaching our young people um, how to respect themselves, um, but let's just talk for a second on cyber safety. That kind of content actually attracts sexual predators. And again, you might say, well, I've got a right to put it out there. Yeah, you can do whatever you like, but what do I say? Nearly every week, everything has a cost. And you've got to know that when you put that material out there, it is out there for anyone, including sexual predators. And ask any cyber safe police or detectives, ask any of them the dangers every time you post something like this. You are putting yourself in danger. And so we need to think about that. All right. So moving on to why it's so important to teach our young girls and guys about respecting themselves. Um, So I just want to talk about how respect has two elements. It's about the respect that you show yourself and the respect that you teach others to treat you with. And some people I've noticed have value and respect mixed up. So I just want to explain the difference. Everyone deserves to be loved and valued. Okay. Value and respect are two different things. Everyone deserves to be valued. Why? Because we are made in the image of God and every person is precious and valuable and worthy of love. Value is a given. However, respect is is different. Respect is something we earn just like trust. We can't expect to say what we want, do what we want, dress how we want, post whatever we want and be respected. That is not a birthright. Like I said in my last podcast, I cannot expect to gain respect as a teacher by behaving however I like. Parents in my class respecting me 
is not something I'm entitled to. It's something that I have to earn. I have to earn the respect for them to give me respect as the teacher of their child. So our society has conditioned us to believe that the more skin we show, the more empowered we become. But nothing could be further from the truth. We do not need to post pictures of ourselves in bikinis or whatever it is to receive affirmation, attention, and love. In fact, it actually does the opposite of what we hope. So, you know, we see so many almost naked bodies literally every day, not just on social media, but in real life. So, you know that I live in Queensland and it's super hot here. I remember first moving here from Adelaide. I was literally disgusted in how everyone dressed. Now, I'd come from quite a conservative state. Adelaide's conservative. It's got a lot to do with the weather. It's a lot colder in Adelaide, so we just kind of cover up more. I came from a very conservative church. Um, And then I moved to Queensland, and it didn't matter if I was in church or out of church. I could not believe the kind of outfits that um, a lot of the girls wore. And you can go to the shops on the Gold Coast near the beach and girls will be walking around um, with their bikini. Maybe they might put on a sarong (laughs) if you're lucky. Um, And so we are, you know, it's almost normal to come across women dressed in just a few square inches of, of fabric. And scrolling through Instagram, we come across dozens, hundreds of images featuring young women with their bodies on display. But what these young women don't realize is while they post on yet another beach, these pictures are so common. There are so many of them. You actually kind of don't stand out by posting them anymore. And this is what they forget. And this is to do with what we really should be teaching our young girls. And that is this, that true beauty is rare and hidden. We need to teach them that practicing modesty is one way to uphold your dignity. And that actually shows self-confidence and that our body is so much more than pixels on a screen. Our worth exists apart from our appearance. Our body has been made in all its perfection by God. And also, and we're going to get into this over the following weeks, it's a gift to be unveiled by your future spouse, not every gawking eye on the internet. And we are going to explore why that's so, not just biblically, but why that is good for us in a lot of other different ways as well. Why we should live by those kind of standards that the world would say, oh, that's so old fashioned. Um, True affirmation does not come from posting pictures and getting likes. And if we completely flip the mental health thing on its head, we are setting girls up for better well-being when they learn not to get their affirmation through posting pictures of themselves half naked. Um, Affirmation comes from knowing our true worth and value. Uh, which, by the way, can only come from a relationship with God. Um, and I know that you might not share my worldview, but that that is what I believe. So covering up is actually about communicating that we recognize the gift that our body is. And choosing classy will always be the more empowering choice. It is not empowering. As I've explained to you, 
It is not empowering to post explicit photographs on social media. In fact, it is detrimental. Self-respect will always be the more empowering choice. And you know, if we don't post ourselves respectfully on social media, not only will it cost us the respect of others, and you know what? Some people would argue with that and go, it doesn't matter what other people think. But you know, when it comes to some things, it does matter. For example, and I agree, it doesn't matter what people think, but it certainly does matter that posting like that is causing yourself, if not other girls, to have um, you know, poor mental health or to contribute to poor mental health. It also matters if you're trying to get a job. Um, I read a book by Australia's etiquette coach, Anna Musson, and she said that when people are looking to employ people, they scour your social media to see what kind of things that you post. And if you have pictures like that, there would be quite a few companies that would not employ you. It can cost you your job because not every employer wants someone in their organization who posts pictures like that. A new study conducted by the Oregon State University has actually found that women who post sexy pictures of themselves are actually judged as less physically and socially attractive and less competent by their female peers. But you know, one of the main reasons, other than all of that, one of the reasons that I've always taught Georgia about how she should um, present herself on social media is because I love her. It's because I love her that I've taught her not to post explicit photographs on social media because I knew that by doing so, I was teaching her to respect herself. I was teaching her to expect other people to respect her. Yes, we believe in modesty in our household because we will not throw away our standards to meet the world's and I will not apologize for that. I will not put up with people, um, you know, hopping on social media and, and saying negative comments about that because that is what we believe. We believe in modesty because I know the fruit of when we live other, you know, according to the world's standards. It's not about hiding our bodies. It's actually about revealing our dignity. And it's not a dress code as much as it is a heart posture. And I just want us to remember too that, you know, I'm talking obviously leadership here. And I said it last week and I say it again that we will have minimum influence on people who have higher personal standards than us. And we don't have to like that, but that's the way that things work, which means we do need to take personal responsibility. But now, like I've shown you today, this is about far more than personal standards. It's actually about helping our young girls and guys too with their identity, their value, their sense of self-worth and their well-being and mental health. So we need you. We need you, girl leader. We need you, guy leader. We need you to be different. We need you to show a different way. We need you to be an example that other girls can look at and can follow because it will literally change their life. And that's one thing that I'm super proud about, um, about Georgia for is, you know, she sings with Youth Alive. She's on the Youth Alive band. And so she sings on the stage a lot where there are thousands of young people that see her, that watch her. There are so many young people that look up to her, that love her. And I am so proud of her. I am proud for those girls to look on her social media and see that 
You do not have to post explicit photos of yourself with your tongues out, your bums out and everything else out. You don't have to post that way to be loved, to be valued, to be validated, to be affirmed and to gain respect. In fact, I would say the opposite is true. And not only not only are you helping yourself, but you are also helping your own well-being and mental health, and you will help all those around you. So there you are. I am um, really passionate about that. And, and I think also if there are any parents listening, you have to parent your kids on social media. We need to be involved. We don't parent them in every other area and then give them a phone and just let them go to town. We have to actively teach our girls and our boys about how much time they should spend on it, the kinds of things that they should post. We had really specific rules with Georgia about what she could and couldn't post. And I walked her through that. And as she got older, I took my hands off the wheel more and more, but I certainly kept them on. And once she turned kind of 18, 19, and now she's nearly 20, I never have to worry about what she posts. And um, I think the fruit speaks for itself. She is very loved. She's very secure. Um, She's got great mental health. She's very emotionally strong. She's mentally strong. Um, And so I really hope that you take to heart what I'm saying today, because it is for the good of a generation. So there you go. There's episode one of The Sexual Gospel. And next week, I shall be hopefully joined by my friend Nikki. She's got three kids and she's pretty busy. So we're trying to find some time to record. And I know that what she's got to say is literally going to not only change your life, but give you some tools um, to with which to walk forward. So anyway, have an absolutely fabulous week. You know how much I love you all. And I can't wait to be back with you next week. See you later. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.